In today's episode, we interview my good friend and sometimes neighbor, Luke McKinnon. Stand by, true believers. Here comes another episode of You're Not My Father. Welcome back to You're Not My Father, the best family-friendly podcast from Alaska in this side of Anchorage because we don't know what goes on the other side. I'm your host, Thomas Brando Greenman. I'm a father, a husband. Yeah, I think that's that. And my curiosity and mistakes have given me a world of experience that I want to share just with you and maybe even make you laugh. And so our podcast is made to help you learn something positive, something that you can apply to your life as a parent, kid, or otherwise. So without further ado... Let's do this. Today's show is sponsored by Procrastination. If you've got procrastination, I don't remember. Whatever. They don't pay us very well. Anyway, if you do want to pay us something and have us spread the word on your product, drop us a line at facebook.com slash YNMF show. So today I'm interviewing uh, my good friend and, and has been for a long time, Mr. Luke McKinnon. So we're going to be subjecting him to the fatherly interview questions that we've been recently working on, as if you've seen our, or seen, what are we talking about? <laughs> you can listen to our most recent podcast uh, with uh, Ben Kitchens, where we did an interview with him. Um, we're going to apply some of that knowledge that we've learned in that uh, episode, and we're going to see what kind of wisdom we can pull out of Luke um, and see what's going on. So how are you doing today, Luke? I'm doing all right. How are you doing today? Me, I'm doing great. Um, and even if I wasn't, I would lie to you and say, <laughs> I'm doing great anyway. Um, so tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Uh, where are you from and what do you do? All right. Uh, start with my name. My name's Luke McKinnon. I'm uh, born and raised, uh, actually born in Redding, California. Uh, moved to Chico, California when I was eight years old. Uh, spent 32 years of my life down there before I made the great trek up north to Anchorage in 2009. So everybody's got their own Alaskan story about why they came here. I don't know if I've shared mine, but would you care to share yours with us? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, no problem. I'd love to share it. Um, I came up here for a job in the uh, government field. Um, moved up here uh, after working numerous different jobs over the years kind of no direction at that point and uh, got that nice government job and moved my way up north to Alaska. So how did we meet your, your, your version of how we met? Uh, actually through our, my now ex-wife and uh, your uh, still wife, uh, yes. we met, uh, we were living in the same uh, apartment complex here locally. And uh, our, Perspective wives at the time met each other through uh, their the dogs walking around, and uh, then we got introduced. Yeah, I think we had some common interest. Um, I, I think about around that time Iron Man had came out, the original Iron Man movie. Um, I, I can't remember if you and I went and saw it together. I kind of feel like maybe we might have. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. But I was working, and I know you went off and you had to do some training and, and work or whatever. And then I think you and I watched the DVD for Iron Man after that. And then I think we got into playing Call of Duty. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So it would kind of segue from there. So yeah, we've known each other since, I mean, that's like 2008. So 2008 yeah, yeah. Not nine. I, I was wrong on that. Yeah. So it's, it's been a while. So collectively he's known as uncle Luke in our house. Um, sometimes Conan will punch him. <laughs> or, or other odd ways that he greets him. But um, anyway, so um, we were actually, before this podcast happened, we were actually having uh, 
uh, dinner uh, in the form of breakfast. So breakfast is a family favorite meal around here. And, um, you know, we don't get to spend that much time together. I mean, obviously he's got his own life. I've got my own life, but we try to, you know, get together. I would say probably on average, try to at least once a week. It doesn't always happen, but, um, we'll hang out and do whatever. Sometimes it's over here. Sometimes it's over in his house, but, um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of times we're just kind of catching up. Sometimes it's video games, but, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what, what we do. Um, but anyway, we were talking today and, um, so Luke is having his father come up. Um, is it this month? Coming up in the next probably 10 days, I'm having a hip surgery, uh, actually in two days, full hip replacement. Um, and for some reason, you know, he's talking about his dad and I've, I've heard him talk about his dad number, number of times, but I don't think I ever heard what his name was. You know, I mean, like in my house, like nobody calls me by my name. It's just daddy, you know, there you go. But I was, for some reason, I was just kind of curious, like, like what was his dad's name? And so you told me. Yeah. My dad's name's, uh. A lot of Williams in our, our line. My name is Lucas William. His name is William Douglas McKinnon. Uh, we've traced that back several generations. I couldn't count how many, but there is actually an interesting fact uh, in Golden Gate Park in San Francisco. There's a Father William McKinnon statue there in the, I believe the, might be Spanish-American War. Hmm. So, yeah. That's cool. Um. So Luke also had told me something about his dad going to the VA. And honestly, I don't think it ever come up in our conversations that his father was a veteran. So tell me, tell me about what he did. Yeah. My dad was a Vietnam war vet in a Marine Corps. Uh, believe he said 1967, but I'm, I'm not exactly sure on the dates. I, I haven't written them down, but yeah, Vietnam vet. Uh, he actually joined, he didn't get drafted. He thought it was the right thing to do. His father was a Marine Corps uh, World War II vet in Saipan. So uh, he thought it was the right thing to do and joined. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. So, I mean, we're we're about the same age. I think technically I'm guessing yeah. I'm a couple of years old. I'm 45 me. going on 46 in May. Yeah, so we're like a year each apart. Uh, but our dads essentially were in Vietnam around the same time. Um, so you said your grandfather – was in the Marines too. Grandfather was Marine Corps, uh, World War II Saipan, yeah. So my uh, grandfather was in the Navy during World War II, uh, actually Korea and Vietnam. He he did it. That was his career. Um, but yeah, so I mean, very similar background that we didn't know that we shared up until tonight, which was but, kind of interesting. I mean, yeah. well, not kind of. It really is interesting. Um, so... I'm curious with these interview questions. Now that it's got my brain thinking, you know, so the questions we're going to ask Luke are related to his father and, and some of that wisdom. And so I've got a, a list of, Oh geez, it's like 20 some odd questions or whatever. We'll probably not get to all of it. You know, we're kind of free th- flow and kind of see where these questions take us or whatever. But I am kind of curious to see like, how much um, of a similar experience, hypothetically, um, you know, we might have in, in ways that, you know, our fathers have, have taken part in our lives and, and that type of stuff. So some of these are softball questions. Some of them aren't, um, you know, super groundbreaking or whatever, but we'll, we'll just kind of start them off here. So number one, how important do you think having a father in life has been to you? How important do you think it is? I think it is. I mean, uh, any male influence, whether you didn't have fathers in your life, you're adopted or whatever. Um, I, my mom and my uh, dad got divorced when I was about five years old. So mm-hmm. um, I had about that, eh, actually only about a year gap between my mom meeting my stepfather and having that really uh, positive male influence in my life there too. Cause my mom and dad split up and I didn't see my dad very often. That's actually pretty similar to me. I think my parents got a divorce when I was seven, but um, my mother never remarried. Um, you know, she was she kind of did her own thing. And two, like like your dad, my dad was always busy with work. And by the time I I hit high school, he was he was actually working in Alaska, and 
he was working in other different places before that. So he, he wasn't a big part of my life. I mean, he was certainly at the periphery, you know, he would send me letters and every once I'd get a call, maybe he'd be in town. Um, I certainly really treasured those times that, that we had together, but yeah, he, he wasn't around quite a bit. Um, so to segue out of that, um, you know, with the limited amount of time that your dad had, I mean, did he ever give you any really good advice? And if he did, like, what was the best advice? So it was like the one thing that you kind of took away, distilled from all that information that he gave you, you know, whatever it was, what was like the one thing that's like always kind of stuck with you? Don't really remember any advice other than to just, uh, you know, be yourself and try to try to go through the, the process. I mean, I always, I think, took it upon myself to uh, study hard and I wanted to go to college. They didn't really say you should go. Um, my mom went to community college for a little bit. And my, my dad did as well. And they never finished. And uh, either did my sister. So I was the only, you know, graduating college bachelor's degree person in my uh, immediate family recent. So other than my stepdad, who graduated from the same university, same university as me, uh, Chico State University in California. So whenever you graduated, was your dad proud of you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he was probably really proud of me because or at least I think so, because, um, you know, he had never took that opportunity to finish and always worked kind of sales jobs like car salesman, boat salesman. He's a butcher by trade as well as my grandfather. He was a butcher by trade. So something I wish I learned that I never learned was being a butcher and then going through that hard work. So that, that actually kind of is a great segue into my next uh, question. What's the best skill that your father taught you? Or did he even teach you a specific skill? Uh, not that I recall. I mean, my stepdad, I always kind of, you know, I was around him more. So I watched him a lot and he was always a hard working businessman, worked, uh, sales for Procter and Gamble for about 40 years, I think. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I know he was in and out of the house here and there on sales stuff, but sometimes we got to go with him and go to San Francisco area and went to a Giants game or two here and there. And yeah, it's it really cool. So it sounded like he was pretty influential in your life. I mean, um, and, and to a certain degree, it, it sounds like, you know, you guys probably had a decent relationship. Had a really, really great relationship, I think. And, you know, kind of put that in perspective over the last few years um, with things and really kind of reached out to him and told him his influence on me. So so was there a, any kind of really good advice that he gave you or maybe a skill that he might have taught you? God, man, it's, it's hard to think of a skill or, you know, I just, I think I wanted to emulate him. And, you know, if I ever had a family of my own, which I, I, I've never had, um, I've dated, um, ladies with kids and I thought I was, would always be able to, uh, be a good stepfather because I had that influence in my life. That's pretty awesome. I mean, let me, let me kind of, you know, segue from that. I mean, being that your dad, your real dad wasn't in your life a lot, you know, growing up, if you're, if you're, if your mother hadn't married your stepfather, do you think you would have ended up in the same position that you're in now? Absolutely not. I mean, we would, uh, we, we moved to Chico when I was eight. And I remember early on, uh, my parents, my stepdad and my mom had a very big fight. And, uh, I thought we were moving back to Redding, California, where I grew up and, uh, that was it. And we were done. And then, you know, my mom was low income and all that. And I just, I don't think we would have been the same. So if we could bust out the magical uh, crystal ball and kind of travel back in time, and I'm going to play the sound effect because I think it's cool. Oh, yeah, we're going to travel back in time. Um, if you could travel back in time and see yourself like on a different path without your stepfather, where do you think you might have ended up? Now, this is a hard question, because, but sometimes I think about this, you know, as a, a thought exercise for myself, if something didn't happen, where would I have been? Yeah, it's such a hard question. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I didn't know what I really wanted to do. Uh, 
in high school going into college, I got a $500 scholarship because I got good grades to a community college, Butte College in California, and I uh, used that and uh, was like, you know what? My stepdad's in business. I'm going to do agriculture business because I, I don't know, for some reason it seemed like agriculture was a good field to get into. It was honest and, uh, you know, hardworking people. And uh, then I realized I did not like accounting and numbers and the business aspect of all that. So I ended up going the science background and really uh, wanted to go the science route and did agriculture science, got a degree in that. Um, but looking back, shoot, if I, uh, if I wouldn't have had my stepfather in my life, uh, I could have been doing a trade job or being stuck in some dead-end job. I don't know. I would, definitely wouldn't be where I'm at now, being pretty, pretty successful and, and happy in life. That is, that's it's enlightening to hear you say that. Um, you know, I, I often wonder what would happen, and I, to you, to what you said, I mean, I kind of feel like maybe that would be the same thing that happened to me. So, whenever my parents were last married, we were living in Florida, and admittedly, I'll, I'll say the word redneck not as a derogatory term, but more of a uh, a stereotype that can help you paint a picture. But it was kind of a, a redneck town. Very small. Um, so my father was in uh, law enforcement at the time, and he was captain of the sheriff's department later on. My mother was city clerk for the town that we lived in. And um, he, she was she was an artist. Um, there was not a lot of culture in the town. It was more just farming and peanuts and <laughs> all kinds of other stuff. And so to this day, I when I think of like maybe if they had stayed together – would I have essentially assumed this stereotype of being a redneck, you know, being a farmer, whatever, not that there's anything wrong with being a farmer. Um, but would that have been where I'd went? Um, would we have just been that way or I don't know. It's, 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 it's interesting to see like these choices that our parents make that, really define our lives in so many different ways. And so one of the things I, I've, I see giving value in the show in, in interview sessions like this is trying to give people perspective on what, what we have learned and in, in passing on that information, because, you know, with your father not being around, what would have happened if he had been around, you know, would you have turned out differently or, could you have been better? I mean, honestly, I feel like your stepfather was an amazing resource for you. And, and while he's not your, your, your true biological father, I mean, he, he was pretty amazing. So it's, and it's not to uh, say anything bad about your father, you know, that I'm sure he was doing what he had to do. And a lot of times I think that fathers get a bad rap for doing exactly that, that like I'm doing what I have to do. This is the only way I know how, um, so it maybe some of this conversation sounds like, hey, <laughs> you're pointing a bad finger at fathers, but in reality, it's it's just you know you have to deal with what what you're given, really. Right. You know, it's both of us. You and I have both been married before previously, and the both of those ended in a divorce, and you just kind of have to do what you what you have to do. Um, yeah, so it, it's it's a rough gig for for fathers everywhere, and you know whenever we talk about fatherly advice and that type of stuff, the word father to me is more of an honorific. You know, it's fatherly advice can come from anybody, um, mothers, stepfathers, um, grandfathers, grandmothers, that type of stuff. It's really that that word that that we kind of use, but. It definitely means it definitely doesn't mean that you have to be a man. But anyway, let's keep on moving on. Um, do you regret this is I mean, this is almost kind of redundant, but I think it's a good question to ask. Do you regret not having your father be a bigger part of your life? Now that we've talked about this, do you feel like you regret him being not being a part of your life? Or do you feel like maybe this was the right path for you? To me, it. You know, since I don't know anything different, it probably was the right path, honestly. My 
my dad um, bounced around cities a little bit. When when I was five, he moved to Aspen, Colorado, way far away from you know where I grew up. Probably saw him a little bit in the summer for like a month uh, in the beginning, and then he kind of moved around to Central California, about I don't know five hours from where I was living. So I didn't get to see him very often. Um, my stepdad was usually always there. And in fact, I have two stepbrothers and a stepsister that are his uh, kids. And I saw them more than he saw his own kids. So I feel like he was, he was the male influence in my life that was always there. You know, if I had any, any want or need, it, it was, it was met. So yeah, I mean, I regret things that my my own father wasn't there that we've definitely made up for probably in the last 15 or 20 years. That yeah. is That has definitely changed our relationship. And I was struggling with some stuff after my divorce and needed a little extra cash because I wasn't able to... Alaska is expensive, if you don't know it. And uh, Yes, it is. <laughs> you, you definitely might need a little extra help. And, and he, was, he was my saving grace for, for a couple of years. Until I got back on my feet after my divorce. So, I mean, he's still there. It was just in a different time. So it was, I think it was the right time to get that relationship back. And he knows and he regrets it. But that was, like you said, that's the way he had to do it. Um, to take care of himself, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's, being a parent is is kind of a rough gig. Um, you know, um, I, I'm going to steer away from some of these questions because honestly, I've, I've wanted to ask you about this because it's something that you and I both have talked about of, of that kind of role reversal of like, you know, we've, we've been the kids all of our life, but at some point now we're kind of the adults. So with, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm the adult in my father relationship or whatever, but it's certainly getting to that point where I'm not going to say that I have to, get on to him or scold him or, or whatever. But I do have to remind him that he needs to take care of himself. And there's really certain things that are going on. And like from a family planning perspective, and I'm not saying family planning is in birth control, but you know, planning for what's going on in the family, making decisions. Um, you know, as our parents get older, you know, we are kind of the parents and they're kind of the kids. And you've told me some interesting stories about, how you've had to deal with your father. When I say deal, like, you know, the things that you've had to do with him to, to kind of, oh, yeah. so could you tell us about that? Well, yeah, he, he's, you know, he's like, he's like a typical, he's 70, 73, I believe. And typical, like old school. Nah, I don't have to go to the doctor. And I'm like, you got VA it's covered. Go in there. I know VA is a nightmare on a lot of aspects, but it's there and it's covered for you because you served. And he'll go, nah, and then he'll wait, and then he'll get pneumonia, and then he's not doing well, and we we worry about that because, you know, they're older, yeah. you know, and for those who don't know, you know, uh, I lost my mom three months ago to cancer, so. Yeah. Um, you got to take care of yourself, and, and, and it's hard because, like the role reversal, like you said, um you just really realize that you got to be there and present in the moment and respect your parents. Cause my mom had melanoma that, you know, over that 10 year period, three different times, like had her for, for the 10 years. Yeah. And I had a melanoma removed and I respect my mom that I need to go to a, a skin doctor every six months to, for the rest of my life yeah. to take care of myself. So, um, yeah, it is funny how you kind of do that role reversal. It, it slips. They take care of you as a kid, and you go to the exact opposite. You know, you need to take care of your will, or you need to take care of this, which I have not done myself and need to take care of. Yeah. Um, I was on a podcast the other day, and something came up. Uh, I think it was after the show, and we were talking about podcasting in general and advice, and one of the things that I'd mentioned it's not my quote by any means but you know there's people that that take advice and then there's people who make mistakes and I'm, I'm definitely one of those ones who 
really tries to listen to advice because I hate making mistakes. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's a painful lesson to learn, but, um, one of the reason I guess I bring that up is, um, one of the co-owners of my business, she's been my longtime boss. Um, her, she recently lost her father. He passed away. I think it was in October. And, you know, for the past several years, she's, she's been dealing with ongoing health issues with, with him and then, um, her mother as well. And her parents didn't really have a really good plan as far as like, should something happen? Here's, here's what's going on and here's the healthcare thing. So it really stressed her out. But one of the things that makes her so amazing and why she's, she's really my role model, um, is that, you know, I'm going to very much say fatherly advice from her and she's a woman and I love her. And I think it's, it's amazing that she gives us this information, but she was like, you know, you've got to, you've got to do these things. You've got to have these, these things planned on because this is what happens. And so for her, it was an eye opening experience. And then she was going through all these steps and processes to make sure that she was going to have these things in place for her kids because she didn't want to, you know, whenever, whenever and whatever, however that happens, that they don't have to go through the same thing that she did. And so for, for me, you know, she's given me all this great advice. And honestly, I mean, have I taken a lot of steps to, to make this happen? No, but it's pretty conscious in my head. You know, it's like on my mental to-do list and I think about it on a regular basis and will I get to it? Yeah. And hopefully soon it's like creating wills. She made us do that. She was like, you need to do this. Her husband's attorney, he, he got with us and, and we did it. And I feel very thankful about it. And with COVID and all these other things that have happened, I'm, I'm like, geez, why didn't I do this? But, you know, I think you and I probably have the same mentality in our minds. We're kind of like still 18 or 25 or whatever. And then we start looking at like, we're going to be 50 sometime soon. And it just seems really weird that time goes by so fast. And anyway, it's, it, it really is weird of that role reversal. And then at some point, not for you because you don't have any kids, at least none that we know of. <laughs> But sure. I do. But at some point, you know, I've just got to assume that my kids are going to have to do the same things with me. And if I don't take care of things in advance and educate them and, and help them plan, then I'm going to leave them with with a bad situation. So it's it's these types of conversations and education that I find invaluable, whether or not like we see the benefit of it doing it today. I mean, later on. It, it's a, it's a big deal. Um, so anyway, um, so speaking, <laughs> speaking of kids, um, I've got a question here about kids. Did your family want you to have kids early on or wait until later? What was, what was their take on you having kids? I think my, my, definitely my dad, my biological father, um, always wanted me to carry on the McKinnon name. Right. You got to carry on the McKinnon name. You have to have a boy. So, and I got that earlier on when I was younger. And then, you know, I got married at 2930 and I thought I would have kids with my ex-wife, but we never got along well enough for me to want to bring a kid into this world. And I, coming from a broken home, you know, with a divorce, you know, mother and father, I didn't want to do that thing that I saw with them, which was my mom would always badmouth my dad. Right. He was a he's a deadbeat father. He's not paying child support. And and that's not right to do to your kids on any level. I mean, I saw it and I was like, Well, my dad's a bad man because he's not meeting his obligations by, you know, paying for basic needs for me. Right. And and it was and it was terrible to see. And I think Later on, I definitely had that conversation with my dad. You got bad mouth by mom. You didn't pay child support. And he's all I know. I know I know this. And I regret that because that's why she bad mouthed me. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think parents should do that to their kids if they split up. you got to be separate from each other, respect that your kids are the most important part of it. 
and that you don't have to love each other after you get a divorce, but you should be friendly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I mean, with my parents, there, there was so much animosity that, um, it, it was, it really caused the relationship with me and my father to not happen. And I'm not going to blame it on one particular person because I certainly saw it from both sides. Like my father having animosity towards my mother and her having animosity towards him. Um, but it certainly, it didn't help things. And I really wish that, you know, like growing up and hearing people talk about like, Oh yeah, my, yeah, my dad and my mother, they're not married and, but they're, or they're not married together, but they have their own relationships or, or new marriages. And like, there's all these cool things that are happening. It's like, oh yeah, my dad's married and like I can go stay with him for a few days of the week and I've got this great room and you know, all these other different things. And it kind of seemed like a fairy tale to me that that would never happen. Like my dad drops me off <laughs> like a block from the house <laughs> or, you know, my mother would never even get close to wherever my dad lived. And it, it's, it was definitely like, uh, like, I hate to say this, but like, like a war zone and somehow or another, I get shuffled across the DMZ across the border. And that was just how it was. So, I mean, I, I feel that pain, you know, that you just can't get along and it's rough. So, I mean, I, I, I can see where you didn't want to have kids, but um, like, where, where's your, your mind at right now? And now I know that, you are in a relationship. I'm not going to say with who or yeah, anything man. like that. But my understanding is that she has a, a kid who's well, not a kid. He's almost an adult. Not a kid. He's a young adult. He's 18 going on 19. But uh, kids today with this COVID and being in that time frame where you would have graduated high school, you know, at that age has really thrown that into a loop for, for her son, I think. And it's, and it's sad because I think – we're having a lot of kids with no direction, seeing all the negativity and, you know, I can't socialize with my friends in person. I can't, it's all like video or video chat or whatever. It's kind of a weird time. It's very, very weird time. Even for us as adults. Yeah. You know, the first two months of COVID was just probably the hardest of any of it because I was lost. I was like, what am I supposed to do? I hang out with you. I hang out with another friend of mine that's a really good friend here. And I socialize and drink beer and, you know, do that type of thing. I'm also a uh, uh, one-time-a-week nerd with uh, Dungeons & Dragons at 45 years old. But that's okay. <laughs> that's another story. I'm a night elf mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, back to the topic. What uh, remind me again? Well, you know, I, I think where I was, I was wanting to steer this is, so with with your girlfriend's son, is his father in the picture at all? No, his his father very complicated. I'm not going to get into details or okay. anything. But uh, she, my girlfriend, met her father or his her ex uh, in the military, and it was not a very good relationship. And so he doesn't know his father at all. Um, I'll, I'll say one thing, and then I'll I'll keep going on. Uh, yeah, I very much wanted to be in the military when I was a kid, um, but one of the reasons why I didn't go in actually, actually, it was probably the only reason why I didn't want to go in is because I saw all these other military relationships, and then my parents, and I didn't want that. So, and it's not to say that it couldn't happen, and that. Military people cannot have a great relationship, but it was just, it was my perception and I didn't want to take that chance. I just didn't, but you know, kind of just steering back to your girlfriend's son. I know that you and I have had some, some conversations where you, you've talked about, you know, Hey, here's what's going on, that type of stuff. Um, part of me, and I don't know if I ask you specifically, but have you thought more about like, being more of a fatherly figure. I mean, let's put it this way. Your relationship has definitely gotten more advanced. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially considering, you know, I, I guess the history that I, I, I know that you've had, you know, with trying to 
find somebody really good and really sure. compatible. Yeah. What What are your thoughts? I mean, like once maybe this process goes further and, you know, you become more you know, ingrained in each other's life, what do you say, what do you think as far as, you know, let's put it this way. Maybe, maybe you haven't considered it. Maybe you have, maybe I'm just a genius and I'm just putting together things. <laughs> but what if you were like his, like, what if you were to him, like what your stepfather was to you? And I think I can't or could be, or can be, um, you know, if it progresses the way it has, you know, every relationship has its challenges, but, uh, you know, we work it out usually and are pretty good with it. So, yeah, I think so. I mean, this kid's kind of lost, and I don't I don't know how you direct someone that is very lost right now. He's going for his GED, wants to get that done, but he wants to move to Texas with his girlfriend. Right. That, he, that he's met online or has been with online or whatever, however you call that, for the last, I don't know, year or so. And But he's directionless. He's unmotivated because what you see in, in society right now is seems to be a lot of unmotivation and people just want to not work. I don't know if they don't want to work or just makes it easier not to work because you're getting paid more. Yeah. I, I, th I think one of the things that we, you and I talked about was, you know, if we were in that position, we were that age, would we do the same thing? And for me, probably <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, I I think you know if your relationship with your girlfriend keeps going the way it's going, um, you know you might have a really good opportunity to influence this guy into sure. trying to make a better decision. Yeah, I mean from my perspective, sitting across from you, it sounds like your step your stepfather did some amazing things for you. For sure. And you know, looking back at it, if he wasn't there, maybe you wouldn't have had the the opportunities and the the lifestyle that you, you enjoy now. And maybe that could, maybe you could help him along that path. So I'm not throwing down the, a gauntlet and challenging you, Luke McKinnon no. to, to help this, this kid get further down the road in a, in a better way. But I implore you to think about it. I feel like I'd love to give him that opportunity. Yeah. I mean, advice is, is hard to, to give to people. I mean, some people, like I said, they don't, they take advice and then there's some people that just want to make those mistakes on their own. Um, I'm sure that's not their perception. They're like, no, it's not going to happen to me. <laughs> and then it kind of happens. Um, let's see. Um, what else have we got here? So I, we need to do a time check. We're 37 minutes in. So I think we've got a, a couple of, more questions in here. Um, so one of the things that you and I talk about quite often is pop culture, movies and televisions, <laughs> televisions, not just one television, multiple televisions. Um, so the question is, there's a tendency for father figures to be portrayed as absent or negatively in Hollywood. Do you think this holds true in real life and why or why not? And so what, what my suggest, my, my thought process, I'll give you the Disney, uh, theory. I've heard this before. It's not my original theory, but almost all of the Disney movies, the dad is absent because the dad was evil. <laughs> um, in so many, so many instances. So it, it, there's really kind of this anti father kind of vibe in a lot of different things where, you know, my father, my father, this, and my father didn't do this. And, you know, he, he was bad and he was bad. And, and so to me watching these, these TV shows, I'm not saying that these things aren't possible, but I don't hear, I don't feel a lot of good vibes coming from media and television and movies about how good a father, fatherly relationship can be. Um, you know, I just think it's kind of underrepresented underrepresented that fathers can be amazing people may be amazing influence in their lives. Um, like uh, I'll give you a, a good example. Like most movies and divorces, they portray fathers negatively and the mother is always the good one. And the father is just a deadbeat dad. So do you think that that kind of holds true to real life? Do you think that is most people's perception 
of how fathers are? And I'm not looking for like a right or wrong answer. I'm just more of perception and opinion. Yeah, I think a lot of male influences are portrayed negative, definitely. I mean, you look at broken homes and all that. Why did the father leave? It's always the father. Father, father, father. And I didn't have that because I had a stepdad that my mom met and started dating not about a year after my mom and dad divorced. They were together and living with each other in about a year, year and a half. I don't know. It might have been a year. They got married three years later and, and, and got married uh, and, you know, and till my mother passed away recently. We're married all the way up till then. So, yeah, I think they are. I don't know why that is. It's, it's uh, pretty unfair, I think, to see that because maybe we're too masculine or they're too masculine and they're not showing the same, I don't know, the mother, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. It's, it sounds like where you're going is that men just typically don't talk about their feelings. And maybe those stories aren't being told, you know, that, you know, men have feelings too. And that, you know, we're not all rough and tough and, you know, macho, whatever. I mean, we, we love, we cry. We have, I mean, crying is certainly a taboo subject for most guys. They, typically won't admit to it. Um, but I, I think it's gotten better. I think people have gotten more, I, I guess, open men have gotten more open to expressing their feelings. But, um, you know, on the flip side, I, I think there's a lot of still negativity towards men sharing their feelings. You know, I hear the P word thrown around, you know, if somebody's some guys, saying his feelings or whatever. Right. Um, and, and I'm not trying to turn this into some kind of specific rant about whatever. Really, really where I'm going with this is, you know, how can we, how can we be better? You know, how can we be more positive role models and kind of go against this possible stereotype? Um, I don't know. It, it's to me, I, I want to be the best father I can be and be positive and try to help people. Um, if you look at my LinkedIn profile, one of the things I say is I'm a helper. That's what I want to do. Now I, maybe I can't help everybody all the time or whatever, but um, it's certainly in my heart that, you know, I just want to help people and, Honestly, I think a lot of people, especially fathers, really want to help other people. Um, I can't say how many times I've seen <laughs> random father helping somebody, you know, get their vehicle off the side of the road or um, giving somebody advice or I don't know. It just, I, I see these random acts of fatherness <laughs> from time to time. And to me, it's, it's pretty powerful. Because, you know, I think, you know, me more than you, having that absence of having a father in your life is, you know, I'll give you one of my favorite quotes of all time. It's from Borman's, the movie Excalibur, the one from the late 70s, early 80s, somewhere around there or whatever. Um, I think it was King Arthur talking after he's come out of the spell and he said, I didn't realize how empty my heart was until it was filled. And so for me, I kind of get chills <laughs> just even saying it, thinking about it, but um, seeing the love of what a father can do for his family or other people, or just that type of camaraderie, whatever you want to call it, like, it's filling to me because I've had so little of it throughout my life. Um, so, so yeah. And, and I'm not blaming fathers for, for not being whatever. Again, you know, I just want to keep pushing that good vibes only vibe <laughs> of how can we be better? How can we help each other? Um, and I, and I think this conversation is going to help people. It's helped me so far. It's given me a lot of understanding. So thanks. 
Stop telling men that they are peas consistently for showing feelings and yeah, yeah. Uh-uh. It's a start. I'd see that. Um, let's see. Um, <laughs> we kind of went down to a, a deep uh, rabbit hole there. It's kind of hard to come back from that one. Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> if you could ask your father right now if he was proud of you, what do you think he would say and why? He's he's told me he's proud. He, he says it all the time. Um but why does he? Why is he proud of you? Is it just because you're his son, or is it some kind of like? Is it one of these things like, look, look, you've done things that I should have done, and maybe I didn't, or you've accomplished things that I never could, or I didn't, or? I mean, know. yeah. I mean, it's partially that. I'd say, you know, I I completed college, you know, something he didn't do. Um, I worked my way up to a government job, which I always thought. You know, if I got in that field, there's no pensions out there anymore for most people. Yeah. I have a government pension coming to me after I retire. A- and as well as, you know, the the thrift savings plan, which is the government's 401k. So I got that, a pension. And that makes me definitely a, a bigger advantage compared to most people. And he didn't have that. He was working job to job on commission and kind of didn't really save for himself very well. I had grandparents that, you know, gifted him their child, his childhood home that he sold recently. So he took that and whatever he had and, you know, he gets, I think he's 90% disability, but uh, that doesn't, that doesn't cover everything. Yeah. He didn't have any advice other than I think I took it upon myself to be better um, equipped than him to really think through that and get to where I'm at. And, and I think I'll be covered, you know, in, into my retirement years. You know, if, if I asked my dad now, if he was proud of me, he would say, say yes. I think the other day he told me that, that I don't know if he actually used the word proud, but, um, whatever he said, it, it was, it was, it was basically that sentiment, you know, that he was, he was proud of me. Um, and, and I think it, it's more, it's not because of what I don't, I don't, I don't think like I've accomplished anything specifically worldly, like, you know, this, that, or whatever. I think it's probably just the global thing, but honestly, I think when it comes down to it, like if there was one thing that I could pin it on, it's family. Like he's proud of like, like my marriage to Julie and our kids and how well they've turned out. I think that's really kind of the only thing that's really mattered to him, which is kind of strange for me to even postulize at the moment because, you know, me growing up, he was always telling me, you got to do this, you got to do that. Don't do this. That's stupid. And, you know, don't, don't be an idiot. Do that. And (laughs) that type of stuff. And yeah, I guess to, to most of what he said, I, I guess I wasn't that much of an idiot. <laughs> um, but I, I will say that I've been pretty solid and consistent. You know, I've, I, I, I may not have climbed like mountains, but I certainly didn't, when I fell down, I didn't fall like completely off the mountain. Like it, it, it took me down a couple notches. Like my divorce was probably, the lowest point in my life somewhere around there. Um, and I made dumb mistakes during that point in time. Uh, not all dumb mistakes, but I, I, I was confused. Um, and, and I think he, he, he tried to be there for me, but, um, maybe I didn't let him. I don't know. I, I think I've always had that kind of independence, but, um, Yeah. I mean, but for, for me, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of my kids. Um, yeah. No matter what they do, as long as they're not something horrible, like a horrible person or rude, (laughs) like that's probably like one of the main things. I do not want my kids to be rude. You know, if you're going to be 
a cutthroat business person or whatever, at least don't be rude. <laughs> you know, be nice. Try to be helpful. Um, yeah. So maybe one other last question here. Um, this is <laughs> this is interesting. Was your father supportive of your dating choices? You know, in general. Um, and and before you answer, I'll give you my take on this. My dad thought that I was an idiot <laughs> whenever I was dating in high school. He was like, like, that's wrong and she's wrong and what are you doing? Stop being an idiot and and what and why? And you know, there was this one time one of um one of I think yeah, I think it yeah, I think it was late at night and was asking for me and he put a gun in this girl's face because, you know, it was, she was beating down the door. I mean, just, yeah, I mean, I've, I've made dumb choices, but one of the, the one things that he, he was supportive of at the end <laughs> of my dating experience, because now, you know, me and Julie have been married like almost 15 years. Um, or maybe it has been good thing. She doesn't listen to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, was, you know, Hey, what about Julie? And at that point in time, I, I, I didn't see her as my type and he, he kept asking and something was telling me like, maybe you should consider this. Like he doesn't say this on a regular basis. And sure enough, I, I did. And it was great advice. And yeah, she was, she's been the best one in my life. And it was, it was kind of due to him pestering me, making me get out of my comfort zone or look outside the box or whatever was going on in my mind. So yeah, he was, <laughs> he was not supportive of my dating choices all the way up until the end. Um, it's not to say he didn't have a relationship or try to like the girls I was dating, but he, it definitely wasn't his choice. Like he didn't like those people or maybe not like them as much or didn't think they were a great fit. I I didn't really bring anyone around my dad. I mean, cause my dad was living outside of town um, on occasion, you know, obviously he spent some time around my ex-wife and uh, what did he think of her? Yeah, I don't know. They don't. They don't, they come out of the woodwork when you're when you're getting a divorce or after you're divorced and kind of tell you. I know some people are like that. Well, I'm just curious what he thought in the beginning. I don't know. He thought, oh, she's a nice girl. I guess, or or they just were indifferent and didn't really want to tell me. I don't know because they knew I was stubborn enough to make want to make my own decision and not listen to anyone. Probably. So, I mean, it was probably that. Um, I know after the woodwork, they, they come out and they go, Hey, why'd you marry her? Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, obviously at one point I was in love with her and I thought that continue and maybe get better, but it didn't work out. So there we are. Yeah. It's, you know, what you're saying, you know, like maybe they just didn't want to be honest with you about your relationship. I guess I'm glad that my dad was bluntly honest with, my relationship, but it didn't help that I didn't listen to him because I just didn't. <laughs> I don't think I ever did. I, it, at that point, I was like, what do you know? You don't know about what I like and what I don't like. And, you know, she's, you don't know her well enough. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll still defend that, that perspective. He didn't know. He didn't know everything, but I guess it's that innate ability to, for an older person to use stereotypes, experience information and come up with a, an idea of like, is this a good person or not? Like my dad says, they're good people. He'll say that. He's like, they're, they're all right. You, they're cool. They're good people. He'll say that when he gives you the good people seal of approval, like they're good. Like, yeah. That's that. That's as good as it gets. Um, he never really gave me the good people <laughs> seal approval with. Um, I, I think he might have given my ex-wife 
that to a certain degree. But um, her father's name was Richard. So everybody called him Dick, and he was like, I can't do that. <laughs> he's like, he's, uh, he called him good people, and he, and he really is. Um, he's, for a father-in-law, he was amazing. But anyway, um, before we sign off for this episode of You're Not My Father, Luke, is there any other piece of advice or wisdom, no matter what it is, as long as it's PG rated, <laughs> that you'd like to give our listeners um, about some kind of advice um, or maybe a story that you think might be relevant that could help somebody? Tell you what, uh, I would say I moved up here originally in 2008, and I'm just going to tell you, uh, you know, I left everything in California, family, friends that I'd known for forever. Yeah. Came up here. Me and my ex-wife weren't doing very, or now ex-wife weren't doing very well at the time. We were still married. Um, I came up here for about three weeks, went to the academy for the job I, I'm now in, Actually, this is a second stint with this job. First stint didn't work out. I lost the job. Um, within three weeks, had a plane ticket home with no job and had to rely on my uh, my wife at the time, who I, up until that point, had been the main breadwinner, um, covered all the bills, and now I was very scared how we were going to cover everything. And I was off for about three weeks before I ended up getting a temporary job, part-time job. And then I worked my way back in. I reapplied for the job I have now and it took me five years full circle to get it back. Wow. So I would say if there's any, any advice, if you have roadblocks, reapply for whatever you want or, or, or try to go back for whatever you want or something like that. Have a path and work your way back towards it. I didn't think it was going to happen. I was I was nervous about that. Thought I was going to have to go back to school for a master's degree. And I ended up per per, per, per uh, I don't know what, what do you the p word persevering I guess and yeah. going through that. Not and, the other p word. Yeah, <laughs> not that, not that p word. Persevering and and making my way back towards what I wanted and don't let people tell you that you can't get what you want, you know, if you really work towards it. And I use that as a roadmap to really just say, no, I lost that job. I want that job. Right. And luckily I was able to get it back. And I would say, just go for it. Really, really, really pursue that and get back to where you get what you want. You know, I don't know if that's fatherly advice, but you know, from from a perception, but I am a man, so that would be a fatherly advice thing if I had kids. I think that definitely counts. That is pretty powerful advice. Um, you know, from my perspective, I don't think I would have done it. I, I think that after, like, maybe not me of today at this moment, but if you'd asked me that or if I'd been put in that position 10 years ago or any time before that, I'd just been like, give up. Like yeah. I just wouldn't have done it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty powerful advice. It really is. I mean, you, you kept going back to it and you got it. Everyone told me you should move home. You you should move home. You should do this. You know, you're getting a divorce, everything else. I'm like, no, I want to be up here. I moved, I left California for a reason. And that was a start over, do something more than I had ever done before just to take a chance. So you heard, you heard it here first persevere. Actually, you heard, you heard it here first. If you've been listening to this episode in the last hour, I don't know if that was funny or not, but anyway, I'm going to stick with it. You heard it here first. Thank you to my good friend, Luke McKinnon for being on my podcast. This has been amazing, informative. And I know you were like, uh, I don't know if I want to be in this podcast, but I'm sure somebody's going to have listened to this and was like, thank you. Like that helped. So I think it did. I think it definitely did help. First time podcaster. Probably not the only time though. Right. 
I'm sure I'll have you back on. Uh, so with that, this ends this episode of You're Not My Father. Be sure to subscribe and get your weekly dose of You're Not My Father. We're available wherever fine podcasts are sold, given away, um, rented, leased. That's Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, and more. And if you found this podcast useful, please spread the word on your social media. Tell your friends, your pets, anybody else who listen, even the garbage man down the street, he enjoys a good podcast too. You can also follow us on facebook.com slash YNMF show. And that's it for us at YNMF. Remember, if you're a fan of us, then we're a fan of you. Take it easy. Stay positive, And remember, good vibes only.